I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is author Abby Lee Nash. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Well, you were on my show a long time ago. I've got your book right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my daughter actually read it recently and loved it. And I thought, let me have you back on because I feel like, especially being in the pandemic, there's mm-hmm. a lot of issues around mental health, self-care. You know, we're all going through things at so many different ages. And I felt like, you know, people could really resonate with this story. Yeah, for sure. Especially, you know, dealing with the topic of uh, substance abuse. Um, That is certainly um, seeing a rise during the pandemic as people are dealing with depression and anxiety and isolation and and not necessarily having, uh, you know, tools available to help deal with those things. Yeah. Could we... Let's back up because I wanted to ask sure. you um, how you became a writer. Like, were you always writing when you were younger? Um, so my first experience with writing, um, I like to tell people that my grandmother prompted my writing career as she gave me my first journal in second grade. I love that. And mm-hmm. um, started me on a journaling process that, you know, that is still a very important part of my writing life. I journal mm-hmm. just about every morning. Um, but recently my, my mom, my parents are, um, about to retire and are looking into doing some traveling and sort of cleaning out things from their house. And my mom gave me a box of, you know, stuff that I probably didn't want her to get rid of when I was younger, (laughs) but I went through it to see if there was anything that I wanted to keep. And there were so many notebooks of like story ideas that I had put together. Um, Amazing. So I think, you know, I've been doing this for a while and um, it's a long time before I knew I wanted to do anything with it, but storytelling is definitely in my blood. Where did the whole idea for this book come from? I mean, were there people you met? Were there things you went through? So, um, so my brother, when I started writing this story, my brother was um, really in the throes of um, an extended journey with substance abuse disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, And this story, I I think when I started writing it, um, you know, I thought maybe I was writing it for him. I wanted to sort of create, you know, a happy ending of some sorts. And as I started writing it, I really learned that this was much more um, about myself. Um, The story, you know, you've read it. It it is uh, really about forgiveness and the families that we're born with and the families that find us and how we find ourselves and all of those things. And, um, and so this story was really for me in, in reading it again, I see myself in multiple characters, my experience, you know, on, on the opposite side of, you know, of loving someone who struggles with addiction and, sure. um, and yeah, so, so the story was, was really for him who, um, thank God is uh, about a year into recovery right now. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> Um, give us a sense without giving too much away about what the book is about. Okay. Um, so quick elevator pitch. Eli is a senior in high school at a very, um, sort of well-to-do community. He has, um, a very wealthy stepfather. He lives in an area where things, you know, are, are readily available to him. Resources are readily available to him. He's very popular. He's captain of the lacrosse team, but he's developed this sort of secret addiction to, uh, to opioids. And sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, early on in the book, he, he experiences an overdose. And then the story is about his 
experience in rehab. It's so interesting because you you think like as you're painting the picture of him, I'm yeah. thinking no one would ever think that he would have this addiction. Yeah. So you know, interestingly, early on when I was first submitting this book to publication, and an editor said that to me, she said, "You know, I I just I love the story, but this this guy would never have an addiction." And, you know, that is just really a misunderstanding about what opioid use disorder looks like, especially right. now when um, prescription opioid use is so prevalent. Um, anybody, you know, you go to yeah. an NA meeting, an AA meeting, and there's no like prescription, you know, character. Exactly. <laughs> like there, exactly. It, it affects anybody. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I thought it was so interesting. It's like watching a film and all of a sudden the character unfolds mm -hmm. and it was, it was unexpected, but then you think, well, why not? It could be anybody. Yeah. And, and sometimes I feel like, you know, I can't, I can't speak for my brother, but my perception of part of his journey was, you know, he, he had, two loving parents. He had a family that was really willing to provide resources to help him get through, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the various supports that he needed. And sometimes I think that makes it harder because right. maybe there's not so much on the line. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's certainly different for everyone, but um, I think especially for Eli um, to be at a place where he had so much at stake um, and so much, you know, so much to lose that it would have been harder for him to even admit that he had a problem. Right. How do you uh, develop your characters? Do they just, I mean, I know for me, cause I love to write, do you actually see them and hear the dialogue or do you map it out? I mean, how does it come to you? So usually they start talking at some point. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I, I shared that with, um, a creative writing student one time and he was like, that, that sounds like a mental condition. <laughs> <laughs> kind of woo woo. Yeah. No, it's not. You can actually, I, I get it. Like all yeah. of a sudden somebody walks in the room and it's like a potential love interest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I hear, you know, I keep, um, playlists. I create playlists for my characters, different songs remind oh, that's me. That's good. Like, scenes that I imagine or like that reflect different parts of their personality. Mm -hmm. Lately, I'm trying to be more deliberate in my character creations as I'm, you know, um, really wanting to create worlds that are um, as inclusive and diverse as the world around me is. Yes. I'm, I'm beginning to recognize that it's my default to create white blonde characters because that's who I am and that's who I see in my family. And, you know, um, and I, I think it's important, um, to pay attention to that and to check it and to create worlds that have more, um, more texture and layer and depth yeah. to them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, how long did it take you to write this book? Lifeline took me, um, was like two years to draft, I think, and then um, a year to find a publisher. And then we went through a publishing process. Um, I mean, sorry, an editing process together. Yeah. So it was probably, I think it was like, you know, door to door, four years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, this book I'm working on now is, has taken, I had hoped that it would take um, less time, but, you know, I, I also have a, a day job and kids. And so it seems like that's the 
that's the magic number. Juggling. <laughs> years. Yeah. What do you do for your day job? Is it anything related to writing? Yeah. So um, I, for a long time, I was teaching writing um, at a college in a local college in my community. But uh, just last year, I started um, writing for the marketing department at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, are you writing something with the same audience involved? In, in I am. Writing? Yep. Yeah. It's a, um, it's another young adult contemporary novel. Um, it's journey um, to publication is still a little unclear, so I'm not going to say much about it other That's than fine. that. It's also um, about a, you know, an ordinary kid dealing with an extraordinary challenge and how she's, how she's going to overcome that to sort of accept life as it is. That's amazing. Any advice for people that are looking to become writers? Oh, let's see. I, um, I just recently attended um, a virtual uh, writing conference. I'm a member of uh, the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, which mm -hmm. first of all, that's one piece of advice is, is join a community of other writers. Um, but one thing that I heard over and over again during this um, conference was um, the a call to just keep doing it. Yeah. You know, over and over again, people were just all of all of these authors were saying like, you know, most of this is perseverance and a little bit of its luck. But if you're not showing up, the luck can't find you. You right. know, so you just just have to keep putting pen to paper. And um, and I I also think it's important to know why you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like. Um, I think that if you go into an art form with a goal of becoming famous, let's say, that you just may end up disappointed, right? Right. And like, sure, there's a chance. There is a chance mm -hmm. that you'll become famous. That kind of slim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but if you don't love it, there are other ways to spend your time. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like if you love it, if you need it, my husband jokes that I'm, I get mean when I haven't written oh, in, a, in a while. Yeah. 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 It's like the sun comes out when I get to spend time doing this, right. you know? And so yeah. that's why I do it. It's, it feeds your soul. I mean, a absolutely. You know, spending time doing something creative, whether it's guitar, writing, anything, you feel yeah. like you've gone on a mental vacation. Yep. And you have to kind of go down these paths and go into these worlds. And then you come out and you're like, wow, what just happened? Yep. Yeah. Right. It's that great, that, that deep breath feeling of, um, of getting to do something that's just really restorative. How have you been in this pandemic? How are you holding up? You know, we have been really blessed. Both my husband and I have been able to work from home. Um, so there's been no changes in our employment. Um, my That's kids great. have been in virtual school, which has been a challenge, <laughs> mm -hmm. but they are older. They're 12 and 14. So they are, yeah. um, you know, largely self-sufficient in school. Um, so we're holding up We're we, our biggest issue is, you know, feeling a little cabin fever, but that's nothing compared to what other people are dealing with now. Definitely. For sure. Have you encouraged your kids to um, write in journals and I have, you know, it's so funny. My older daughter, she loves collecting journals, but I don't, she doesn't write in them regularly. She just likes having them. Okay. Um, I've noticed that she will write, like she keeps one at my mom's house. And every time we go there, she writes about 
this is what we did at Nanny's house this time. Um, so she seems to have different journals for different things. That's good. My younger daughter has multiple story beginnings saved on my computer. So, mm-hmm. and they're good. <laughs> so I have a feeling that she may, you know, delve into that interest a little more as she gets older. That's amazing. I love it. Um, anything else you'd like people to know about you before we wrap up? Um, people are free to check out my website um, at abbynash.com. I have one of my favorite things to do is talk about writing um, with people who love it. And um, I have lots of free resources there for people who want to practice um, their writing or get more involved in creative writing. I'd love for people to check that out. I also will add that it's a great way to process whatever it is you're going through, especially right now. Yeah. Yes. That's a really good point. And make your real life fiction, you Mm -hmm. know, change names, characters, whatever, but it kind of gives you uh, a chance to kind of process and move through things. Yeah. 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 That's a really good point. You could even, you know, even journaling, if you don't have any creative story ideas, you can just show up and put your pen to paper and see what happens. Right. Would you say the, one of the hardest things about being a writer, as you said earlier, is just persistence and getting up in the morning and believing in yourself when you feel like sometimes you want to throw in the towel? Yeah, it's time. You know, I just was noticing the other day, you know, you hear all these stories of people that are like, I had so much time during the pandemic. I've learned a new language or I've, you know, made a quilt or whatever, got my yoga certification. And I, I was like, I don't feel like I've noticed that much of a difference in my time. Like I'm still squeezing it out of the edges Mm -hmm. and that that's a a part of this commitment, you know, is Mm -hmm. being willing to show up every day and give up time that you would ordinarily spend on, you know, your phone or watching TV or whatever. Um, You really have to be willing to give it to this craft. Yes. Did you ever envision that Lifeline could be a film? You know, uh, people have said that to me before. Of course, I would, I would love that to be the case. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I certainly see it play out when I write. I see it play out as, as images in my head right. for sure. Yeah, I could definitely see it as a film. Yeah. Yeah, or a play or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, give your website one more time. So it's abbynash.com, A-B-B-E-Y-N-A-S-H.com. Fantastic. And again, your book is Lifeline. I put it back on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure.